This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Listen to me. The bird is the word. And they're going to be fine. I don't know what they were doing against the Saints. It beats me. How in the world do you have 14 yards of total offense late in the second quarter? They were getting out gained by over 200 yards in the first half. Damn! I don't know what happened. I don't know why a home game, a chance to win the division, and you come out like that? Man, go ahead, bro. Man, what? I was at FedEx Field because, you know, the Browns versus the Commanders had interest me as soon as the schedule came out. And I found out Deshaun Watson was going to be playing in that game potentially. So that game kind of interests me for months. So I finally pulled the trigger because the tickets were cheap. But I'll get to that in a second. The bird was loafing. Now they woke up in the second half. They woke up in the second half and had respectable numbers at the end. But, man, that interception deep in our own territory was just a killer. It was a heartbreaker. Thankfully, got the playoffs wrapped up, but now we find ourselves in some trouble. Now, what might happen is if we lose to the Giants, we lose to the Giants, and the Cowboys – come here and beat the commanders the cowboys are the nfc champs nfc east champs because they have a better nfc east record and they have a better record against the nfc so we cannot be tied with the cowboys even though to be honest i don't care what we play in the playoffs we're going to beat them we go to tampa we get to play against tom brady again revenge from last year so we're mad about last year and we're the better team it'll be deja vu it'll be deja vu as in we got to go down there on wild card weekend and play them again but this time this time they gonna be in trouble the bucks are going to be in trouble we are way better than we were last year and the bucks not as good now tom brady heroics at the end Saved them from about four games this season. We're not even going to get to that point if we see you in the wild card. You're going to die. I don't care what happened against the Panthers. I don't care what happened against the Cardinals. I don't care what happened against the Saints. You're going to die. From what I've seen this year, you're going to die. Even if you play the Cowboys, you're going to die. Cowboys offense too explosive. And the defense, you can't block that D-line. You are in big trouble. But if we play the Bucs, I'm cool. We're going to win. If we uh, beat the Giants, which I truly believe we will, especially since the Giants will probably rest their starters, especially when we put that thing on them, they're going to back off. They're going to wave the right flag in the second half. And then once they do that, the Eagles will grab the division and the number one seed. And they're going to be waiting whatever happens in the playoffs. Well, I guess we don't have to worry about playing against the Washington sitcom because they are out. 
They are out. Once again, I'm about to get to that soon. They're they're out. <laughs> I'm about to cook them very soon. But the Eagles end up number one, and the NFC has to go through Philly. I'm expecting to play the Cowboys because I'm like, the Vikings, I know they're struggling, but at the end of the day, they play the Giants, they're probably going to win. Even if they don't, hey, that's fine. That means probably Eagles-Giants rematch. I'll take it. We're the better team. Also, but I think the the Vikings are going to win. I think the Vikings are going to win that game, just like they did earlier this year. What else? Oh, yeah, 49ers. And because there's three teams that's in the running now, Seahawks, Lions, and Packers. I'm just going to go with it, and I'm going to say, oh, man. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to say the Lions come out of it. So the Lions somehow come out of this because I think Baker Mayfield is going to spoil the party. I think Baker Mayfield is going to spoil the party. So when he does, and Seattle's out, and then the Lions will upset the Packers. So you're going to have Lions and 49ers. The the, the 49ers are going to punish them. They're going to punish them. So that means you're going to have Eagles versus Cowboys and 49ers versus Vikings. I'm going with Chalk, even though... The chalk almost didn't work in the college football playoffs, but yeah. But yeah, like I said, maybe I'll get to the playoffs later. Maybe next week. Well, definitely next week. Because after this show, not doing another show till after the OU Kansas basketball game. So yeah, a little bit of a long wait, but then again, I've, I've loafed before between shows. So yeah, <laughs> what's the difference? <laughs> well, back to the bird. Back to the bird. That was a nice little second half comeback. And I'm looking at the stats. And I'm looking at the stats for a team that only had like 50 yards of total offense in the first half. I'm looking at it and the total yards are dead even. 313 to 313. Even. That means in the second half, the Eagles blitz the Saints. And should have came away with it. It's just like against the Commanders where we dominated the fourth quarter but somehow still lost the game. The Eagles' defense showed up that game. But the offense did not. He had one big play. Other than that, all I kept seeing was bad field position, turnovers, negative plays, penalties. I just kept checking the game. I was ruining my battery at FedEx Field checking for updates for the games and it's just nothing was good and um look at this this just checks out eight penalties for 49 yards i think that's the real difference like we just had way too many penalties we couldn't really get no momentum going especially in the first half but that's crazy though we get out gain 220 something to like 50 in the first half and then the total yards ends up being 313 versus 313 the Eagles, every time I turn around, they had a sack. They had six sacks, but we gave up seven sacks on the other end. This is crazy. Our defense sucks against the Cowboys, but against the Saints, 
they rise to occasion, especially in the second half. I don't know what to say. You know what I'm going to say? We still going to the Super Bowl. We still going to the Super Bowl. And that's on everything I love. I'm telling you, people are going to get healthy. We're going to make adjustments. That's okay. Because remember now, remember now, I keep comparing this team to the 04 team and the 2017 team. The two teams that made the Super Bowl. One lost and one didn't. They both had December losses, or in this case, January. They both had two late losses. And what ended up happening? They end up in the Super Bowl anyway because they're a really good team. This team is going to the Super Bowl. And they're going to be the number one seed. So you haters, celebrate all you can now. But you're going to be crying later. Oh my God. And, and shout out to and shout out to um Hassan Reddick. 16 sacks. Damn! Good Lord Jesus. Y'all ain't messing with this guy, man. Y'all are not messing with this guy. 16 sacks is second into in the NFL. It's second in the NFL to Nick Bosa from the 49ers. Y'all sleeping on this guy. All this talk about Bosa and Parsons. This guy got 16 sacks. Matthew Judon. I got to see Miles Garrett in person. This guy is the realest. He is the realest. Now, speaking of Miles Garrett. So he's third in sacks, right? No, he's fourth with 15. Nick Chubb has 1,400 yards. I got to see these guys in person. Now, you see why Nick Chubb has so many yards. The Washington Commanders could not stop this guy. He was the only reason that the Commanders were in that game yesterday. I mean, no. He was the only reason the Browns were in that game yesterday in the first half. Because their offense was non-existent, especially their passing offense. When I say nobody was open, I mean nobody was open. I mean, Deshaun Watson had to run around like a chicken with his head cut off, and he'd have to throw the ball away or he had to run out of bounds or something. But you know what he wasn't doing? He wasn't turning over the ball like Carson Wentz. What? The Washington sitcom fans were on Carson Wentz behind from the beginning. I'm serious. He missed a a swing pass. He missed a swing pass badly. And the crowd was chanting Heineke. They were booing him. Deshaun Watson was getting all the boos at first. But then they started booing Carson Wentz. One bad pass, and then he threw the pick, and the Heineke chant started. Heineke, Heineke, Heineke. I was crying, bro. I was laughing so hard, bro. I had so much fun at that game on Sunday. Man, 
watching Washington sitcom games are much more fun when you're not invested in either team. Like, I was kind of leaning towards rooting for the Browns, but I didn't really care who won. It was hilarious. And then Carson Wentz, he threw another pick. He threw another pick in the first quarter. And yet, somehow, some way, the score is only 3-0. Because the Browns, they had a few big Nick Chubb runs. Because, uh, first of all, Nick Chubb is tough to get down. You know, he he's very decisive, making cuts and getting through the hole. And their offensive line, I mean, is really good. They got they got Pro Bowl All Pro guys. So of course, you know, even against that vicious Washington Commanders front, Nick Chubb was still getting his. Man, you know Carson Wentz is doing bad when Jonathan Allen gets hurt, and the crowd is still yelling, "High a key." Hi na key. Hi na key. Hi Your best player is hurt. And they still want the brother off the field. Man. Game over. This team is something else. This team is something else. It was 7-3 at halftime because the Browns got to, like, the one-yard line and couldn't get in. Like I said, they had nine yards passing. If Nick Chubb wasn't running the ball, they couldn't do nothing. I forgot Amari Cooper was on the team in the first half. But then the second half happened. And then they start getting in together. Nick Chubb still doing his thing. And you got the backup running back, you know, catching a pass for, like, 15 yards. And then Deshaun Watson starts to get a rhythm. They start cooking that man-to-man. He start, you know, three-step, five-step drop, let it go. And it was all day. Amari Cooper catches an out route and spins and scores. And I'm like, wow. You know, I'm mad. I benched him in fantasy and arguably my most important league, the one with my college friends. I really benched Amari Cooper. I thought about putting him in right before the game started. But then I backed off of it. Big mistake might have cost me the championship. He had 24 fantasy points. He was cooking the Washington sitcom. He had zero targets, zero yards. He may have one target in the first half. He wasn't doing nothing in the first. The second half, he killed the Washington sitcom. Washington sitcom only scored three points. And every time they had like a, a short yard, just like a fourth and short or something, they weren't they weren't getting it. The pass rush started getting to Carson Wentz. And it wasn't even just it wasn't even just um Miles Garrett. Because he was subbing it out. It was them other guys I didn't know who they were. Jadavion Clowney got his his too. Man, and then Carson wins. You're down 14, right? Game on the line. You throw. I think it was a cover three because the safety was in the middle of the field. 
and then the corner peeled off. He tries to throw in the middle of that cover three. This guy got two people on him. Dawson got two people on him. I was like, oh, this is getting picked. There was a slight push off. But Grant Delpit caught the ball and toe-tapped in the end zone. Touchback. Oh, my God. Man, the Commanders fans were up out of there. They were gone. <laughs> I love too, bro, because I was like, oh, well, it's time for me to beat the traffic, too. This is hilarious, man. I was crying. Of course, the boos and the Heineke chance started back up. I mean, when Carson Wentz scored that touchdown, when he scored that sneak in the first half, the crowd was fired up and no one was hating then. But then, you know, hey, the defense let him down. The offense was even worse. They couldn't get it done. This quarterback discussion thing has been going on. Because, l- listen, once the season started and Carson Wentz started doing his thing, okay, all right, fine. I think it was the Bears game or right before the Bears game, there was a little whispers about maybe we should go to Heineke. No, after the Eagles game, actually. After the first Eagles game, it was like, maybe we should try out Heineke. Wentz gets hurt. They put in Heineke. Heineke start winning some games. They Heineke start winning some games. Quarterback talk kind of quieted a little bit. Then, the Giants game happened. The first Giants game happened. Little whispers about replacing Heineke then. The second Giants game happened. Now, now everyone's like, oh, we got to go back to Carson Wentz. Well, we can't take Heineke anymore. And then the 49ers game happened. It's a low-scoring game. And then Heineke throws a bad pick, and they replace him with Wentz. And Wentz doesn't do that bad in relief, but they still lost. They still lost. So then I was like, oh, obviously you start Carson Wentz. They decided to start Carson Wentz with the season online against the Browns. And he plays like that. Bro, look at this man's stat line real quick. Look at this man's stat line real quick. Look at this man's stat line real quick. 16 for 28, 143 yards, three interceptions, no touchdowns. They had a rushing touchdown, but it wasn't a throwing touchdown. QBR, QBR 36.5, QB rating 31.4, terrible, just terrible, Deshaun Watson was 9 for 18, 169 yards, 3 touchdowns, QBR 32.1, rating 122.5, bro, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. He had 169 passing yards. Amari Cooper had 105 of them. What? Terrible. Offense and defense let you down. Pathetic. Should have beat the Browns. You're the better team. Obviously, you weren't that day, especially in the second half. But overall, you were the better team. What did you do? Oh, and by the way, the USC defense is choking. Um, if they score, I might give you a live update here because, wow. Um, I'll, I'll get to that later. Uh, right now, you know, Tulane, 
got some real big completion and they're like the 15 right now. Maybe even they're in the red zone. They're in the red zone and, you know, kid caught the pass and helmet to helmet with the, uh, with the safety and they both down. So it looks like targeting. It's going to be targeting Tulane. Tulane looks like they're going to win this game unless some debauchery happens on a level of Michigan. Anyway, the commanders are a joke. I told you this all along. All that celebrating, I told you, they act like they won the Super Bowl after beating the Eagles. And what happened? Choke. Can't even beat the Browns at home. And they have a limited passing game. You have got to be kidding me. You hold Nick Chubb to half of the yards he got. You win this game. You, It ain't even that close. It, or it, it is close. But Carson Wentz could play like an absolute bump. And you could have won that game. And then the three picks. The three picks were turp. Just turp. The Heineke chance had me dying. Man, just a circus all around. Just a straight up joke. But y'all want to celebrate left hand up. Who are we? The commanders. Put your left hand down and go to the offseason. Sit on the couch and watch the realists fight for a Super Bowl. A real Super Bowl. Not a week, whatever that was. Not a week 10 big NFC East win trophy. A Super Bowl. The Vince Lombardi. Something you haven't seen since I was in my mom's stomach. And that's on God. And the quarterback talk continues. And this time, now now the fan base is at the stage where, oh, we want to see Sam Howell. I don't want to see Heineke. I don't want to see Wentz. I want to see Sam Howell. I don't even care about playing the Cowboys. I just want to see Howell. Man, this this fan base is a joke. Just, just give the Cowboys a win. Now the Eagles definitely got to win because this team is so much of a joke. They ain't going to come out and play that great against the Cowboys. They're going to get killed. R.I.P. to the sitcom. Didn't show up in December again. Now quiet and sit back and relax. Anyway, man, live reaction to USC versus Tulane. Wow. It looks like USC is choked. They had, I think, a three-touchdown lead at one point. They had a 15-point lead with like five minutes to go. And it looks like that kid caught the damn pass in the end zone. It doesn't look like he dropped it. It looks like USC is going to be tied. And listen, if some nonsense doesn't happen, it's going to be 46-45, Tulane, USC defense chokes again. They don't tackle. They don't do nothing. I don't know how they had all these packed all Pac-12 players. I don't even know how they had all American mentioned defensive players. And it's official. It is a touchdown. Tulane has tied the game. They're going to beat USC. I don't see no USC miracles happening with eight seconds to go. Unbelievable. I might give my full reaction to this in the next show, but man, 
I know OU fans are going off. Now, at the beginning of the game, USC was just going through Tulane like like a, a hot knife through butter. Just going through them like a hot knife through butter. And I kept tweeting, oh, Tulane's going to lose. They don't belong here. They about to get cooked. And they winning by one now. Unbelievable. And their fans are going stupid. Man, USC, man, what a choke. All these cute little USC fans in the stands, look at them. Look at them. Man, they look so good, but they they look pathetic too because they all got their hands on their head, hands on their mouth because they team trash, at least on defense. Now, you done wasted, you done wasted a Caleb Williams masterpiece. You done wasted another Caleb Williams masterpiece. Because your defense, trash. And your offense, choke. It's just the same thing that happened against Utah. That's a shame. How you let them come? Look at that. Look, man. You If you watching the game, when you, when you play this thing back and you watch the game, when you play this episode back, if you watch the game, well, I hope you saw all these reactions. Oh, my God. Looking pathetic. Look at this. Caleb Williams, four, 36 for 50, 460 yards, five touchdowns. Good God. Bro, two-lane quarterback only passed the ball 17 times for 234 yards. Bro, they're running back Spears. And RG3 made a corny joke and said, oops, I did it again. Come on, bro. 17 carries. 205 yards and four touchdowns. Damn! The USC defense strikes again. I know OU fans are loving it. They are loving it. They are having a they are having a ball. They are having a party. Well, the ones that dislike Lincoln Riley the most. But, man, oh, man, what a game. I, I can't wait to go back and watch the highlights of this. Wow. I, I gave Tulane no chance. I thought they was going to lose by 30. But them guys, props to them. They showed up. They fought. They competed. And they did their thing, and they won the game. Man, shout out to them, man. I, I like it. I love it. You know, I'm a fan. Great job, guys. And um, let's see what you do next year. Um, maybe you can do this again when there's a 12-team playoff and maybe, hey, maybe you can show up in this 12-team playoff and play one of these teams. I would like to see it. I would like to see it. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. I can't wait to see all the, the um, reaction. I can't wait to see all the Twitter reaction. I have to keep recording this show, but oh my God, unbelievable. Tulane beats USC 46-45. Wow. I gave them no chance. I was wrong. And I kept saying, I kept saying Fiesta Bowl. I meant, I meant Cotton Bowl. Wow. What a, what a game. I, I'm, I'm tweeting right now. But anyway, back to the grind. Unbelievable game. Unbelievable game. Glad I got a chance to watch the end of it, even while I was trying to do the show. Speaking of the playoffs. Speaking of college football, oh my God, them playoff games were amazing. I did the right thing 
by basically packing it up and staying in the house and watching football. That was the right thing to do. That's all I did the whole day. I watched Alabama and K-State. Well, okay, I kind of played a little basketball, ran the hills and all that stuff. Um, No, 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 I went to the gym. That's what I did. I went to the gym, got me something to eat, and then after that, after that, I um, watched Alabama and K-State. K-State, I was thinking before the game, I was like, you know what, K-State is capable of beating Alabama because they're a well-put-together team, and they can definitely compete with Bama. And it looked like they definitely were at first because they were moving the ball, and they even took a 10 nothing lead. That Deuce Vaughn run was sick. It was like an 80-something yard run, and I had bet that Deuce Vaughn would be the first touchdown score of the game. Man, I won 70 bucks off that. I was so happy. I was laughing. I was laughing like I was at FedEx Field. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Who knew that that would wake up the Crimson Tide? Oh, they woke up after that. They woke up. 35 unanswered after that. Damn! Man, oh man. They turned up. I think they scored another touchdown. So it was 42 to 3 run after that Deuce Vaughn touchdown. And Deuce Vaughn didn't do much after that. They was up on him. They were on him. Man, and then Bryce Young, five touchdowns. Like them guys were motivated. Them guys wanted to make a statement. And they came out a little slow, but once they made the adjustments, it was clear who the better team was. But all the nonsense about, oh, they deserve to be in the playoffs, no. They weren't better than any of the four teams that were in the playoffs. And the games that came after Alabama and K-State proved it. TCU and Michigan was insane. TCU went up 14-0. Honestly, when Donovan Edwards had that long run, I was like, man, he at it again. He didn't do much after that. I was like, before the game, I kept flip-flopping. I was like, who's going to win? I was like, Michigan's been a better team all year. They're the more physical team, but and they're the better defense team. But I'm like, TCU is very well balanced, very well coached. And, you know, they're, they definitely fight and they come back and they got a lot of heart. But, man, they had control of most of that game, but Michigan would not give up. They just, I think they gave the game away. I mean, fumble at the goal line. What was that Philly special on fourth down? I didn't get to see that because I didn't really start watching till TCU got up 14-3 to or something like that. What was that Philly special? What was that? The fumble at the goal line, which shouldn't even happen because the kid got in the end zone. That was a bad call by the officials. What were they doing? That was costly. But the two pick sixes for Michigan just didn't help. The fumble on fourth and ten with the game on the line down six, that was ridiculous. But TCU, you got to look at it, they had two turnovers themselves. Michigan had plenty of opportunities, and they just squandered them all. 
they definitely could have been in the championship, but they couldn't get it done. Shout out to TCU. It just seemed like from the beginning they were a team of destiny. Six and one in one score games. They're built for this. They're pretty disciplined, especially down the stretch. They just know how to execute down the stretch. And that's why they're here. That's why they've made it this far. That's why Georgia being a 13-point favorite is ridiculous. It's going to be a close game. TCU's going to fight. Um, Dang, I should have took that bet. I forgot. Uh, I still got time. I don't know. Or I could just be a good boy and just stay away from it. Uh, We'll see. What a game. That was a hell of a game, all because Michigan just wouldn't give up. They wouldn't throw in the towel. Just big play after big play. McCartney, McCarthy had to step up because the running game just wasn't there. Shout out to him, boy. That that boy, man, he 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 got some stones, man. Real tough. Now, Ohio State, Georgia. I was like, because I have freezing cold takes all day. I was like, there is no way. Ohio State and Georgia is going to top that. And it ended up being just as good, if not better. Once again, lower seed team takes the lead. They take an early lead. This is Ohio State. For whatever reason, Georgia just could not guard uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., especially when the play was broken. Jalen Carter, he was okay in this game. But once again, Georgia just did not go away. Just like Tulane, they were down double digits in the fourth quarter. And just Stetson Bennett was just throwing lasers. And, you know, Georgia was bringing the blitz, but Stroud just did a great job stepping up in the pocket and delivering. And then when it wasn't there, using his legs. See, I remember what Zach told me that in our episode that, Stroud didn't really use his legs and that he would be better if he did. And he did. And he played outstanding. Both quarterbacks played outstanding. But you can see why. Every time I watch Stroud, I've only really watched him in the Michigan game and in this game and a little bit here and there before then. Every time I see this guy play, he just shows me why he belongs in the NFL. I think he's going to be all right in the NFL. Now, whether or not he can carry a struggling franchise, now that remains to be seen. But from what I've seen, oh, this guy's good. Now, skip to the end. The fake punt timeout thing, oh, my God, genius by Kirby Smart because he's seen they line up in an abnormal formation. And he was his quick thinking, they called timeout, and somehow they made them punt, and then they got the ball back and they scored. Just wow. And then when Ohio State got the ball back, Stroud, when Stroud slid at the 30-yard line at Georgia's 30-yard, I thought it was over. I thought it was no way Georgia's going to win this game. The ball is about to drop, right? And my mom just insists that, you know, we bring in a new year with prayer. And I'm, I, I was cool with that at the end of the day because, you know, hey, God is life. God is life. You got to, you know, you got to say thanks and you got to involve God in your life. Just just saying, well, you know, at least that's what I think. That's fine. 
So I missed the, the very end of it. So right after we pray and pray and the ball drops and the fireworks go off, you know, I leave that prayer and then um, I see that Ohio State misses the field goal. And I am shocked. And I'm just, I just rewinded it just to see how bad he missed it. He missed it really bad. I was dying laughing. Once again, just like I was at FedEx Field. <laughs> I was dying laughing. I just had a lot of joy. I was just like, what in the world? What in the world? How? People blaming the kicker. People blaming the holder. I'm just like, I don't know what happened. I just know they didn't execute. They didn't get it done. Just the little things down the stretch is why Georgia's in the finals and Ohio State is not. That's why TCU was in the finals and Michigan is not. Both had ample opportunity to win. An Ohio State-Michigan rematch would have been epic, but they didn't get it done. So they're both at home watching, and people like Michigan State fans are out here hating and celebrating. But I'm like, y'all didn't go nowhere. Y'all were trash. And you were worse than the Maryland Turpin. I'm just saying. You were worse than the Oklahoma Sooners. You were worse than the Oklahoma Sooners' worst team in 20 years. That's a shame. And not even 20 years, 25 years. But this ain't about Michigan State, man. Props to them. Shout out to them. Shout out to Mel Tucker. Shout out to my girl, Michelle. I got to hit her up just because I mentioned her on the show. But, yeah, man, uh, Michigan State fans are funny. They're they're loving it. Uh, Draymond Green calling uh, Harbaugh Garbaugh. (laughs) He cooked them. But, nah, Michigan State, man, I think you should come back next year. You guys weren't very good this year. I'm thankful for this New Year's Six, man. Real talk. And I'm going to lean towards TCU winning. Even though Georgia has been the better team all year and they're the more talented team, I got TCU winning. They're just they're too well-balanced. They're too physical on defense. They're physical enough on defense to stop the run and give the, give the Georgia receivers hell. They're very well coached, and they do well in late-game situations. So that means so that's why I got TCU, even though OU in Texas are going to catch some backlash from that because they made the championship before either of us did. And if they win, oh, boy, we're going to hear it all offseason. But, hey, they deserve it. This is a special team. And I, I think I think they're gonna pull this off. So hey, props to them um, for getting this far. I'm sure this is gonna be peak TCU. I don't think you can top this. I think it goes downhill from there, because at the end of the day, historically, OU is better. We're gonna be better than you next year. I promise. All right. Oh my God. I was gonna talk about Sooner football and basketball. Okay, Sooner football lost. It was the same thing. Um, it's the same thing. Just them giving up a ton of yards, letting running quarterbacks run amok, um, choking, dumb penalties, ref ball, and um, inexplicable, you know, droughts on offense at the worst times. And then defensively, you let a guy have 200 yards 
especially that last catch where he mossed Justin Rawls. I'm just beside myself. Just another game, another one-score game that they just could have won. Like, they were 0-5 in one-score games. They are the anti-TCU. We lost seven games, five by one score. That is ridiculous. Choke. And my mom's sitting up there watching it right before New Year's Eve because the replay was on ESPN during the playoffs. Game over. Emotional damage. Wow. Uh, OU women basketball won. They're ranked. Uh, I got to keep up with them a little bit more. Uh, OU men's basketball lost to Texas. Oh, my God. And I was kind of watching that game because it was on on New Year's Eve. I had to watch that on my laptop because it was on ESPN+. Plus. Um, Alabama and K-State was a blowout. So I was like, you know, I might as well watch my Sooners too, you know. And we had them. We had them. Man, when Jacob Groves hit that three, I think to go up five, I was like, oh, man, we got him. And then they just gave up clutch bucket after clutch bucket. And then the same Jacob Groves fall for number 10 from Texas, shaking and pump faking. He fell for that. I think the guy traveled. I think he jumped up and down. But it wasn't called. It probably wasn't that enough for the refs to call it. He fell for the fake. He fouled him. He hit the free throws. And then we couldn't get the buckets at the end. Shook. Those are the type of games we lost last year. Important game at home against a ranked team. Against number six team in the country, I believe. You got to have that game. You got to have it. It's important for the tournament. And it's Texas. That's why I'm really doubting this team. But, hey, Oklahoma State almost beat Kansas at Kansas. TCU and Texas Tech was a close game at TCU. This is going to be a fun conference. This is going to be a fun conference season. It really is. And OU is not out of it. That that gives me hope that they'll compete with Kansas, especially seeing how they played against Oklahoma State. Oh, definitely OU can beat them next week. I know Kansas only got one loss, and they're one of the best teams in the country. And they got one of the best freshmen in the country, Grady Dick. But I think the Sooners can do it. I New Year's Eve gave me some confidence. But we'll see. Uh, okay, real quick, the Wizards and the Caps. They're both on one accord now. Both are on, well, not winning streaks because... The Caps' winning streak ended. They lost to the Senators after beating them a week ago. It was all good about a week ago. (laughs) Am I right? It was all good about a week ago when they won in Ottawa. Ottawa got their revenge and they beat us. So, their two losses within the past month or so were inexplicable home losses to Dallas and Ottawa. And Ottawa... It was at home, right? And it was an overtime game. Sick. But it's okay. Because they rebounded with a crazy 9-2 game against the Canadians that future that featured an Ovechkin hat trick. 
What an unbelievable game. See, that's why it's fun to be a Caps fan right now. They're winning games, and Ovi is just having these multi-goal games out of the blue like this, man. I, It just seems like he's going to catch Gretzky this year, but he probably won't. He's he probably going to catch Gretzky next year, and that's fine with me. Hopefully, I'm there once again. I say this every show, but hopefully, I'm there. The Caps are no cap right now. And they better take advantage of this. And it's looking good. We didn't climbed up to third in the Metropolitan. We're back in the playoff race, just like that. Now the next, now the next step is winning the Metropolitan and getting home ice advantage. But then I probably got to bring back out the cap cycle because that's usually when they choke and lose. But if they can keep playing like this, we might go all the way. Uh, 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 uh. This, that's a trap. That's bait. That's where we usually mess up. See? See? That's a trap. I don't know. I got to believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. But until then, it looks like another first-round exit. Even though we're playing well right now, I have to see it to believe it. But Ovi is great, and the greats, it seems like their longevity is just seem like they can go on forever because they're just elite like that. Oh, man. The Caps are no cap, at least right now, and I'm loving it. The Wizards. Remember I said they were going the opposite way of the Caps, but they might have found something in the West Coast road trip? They actually did find something on that West Coast road trip. So on the West Coast road trip, they won two out of their last three games in the West Coast road trip. We got Bradley Bill back. And then I, I went to the Sixers game, which we beat the Sixers despite Embiid having 48. 48 and 10. And then, and then, we turn around. I didn't think we can do this, but we turn around and blew out the Suns. Now, the Suns made a furious run. They were down like 18 and they cut it to one. But then we turn right back up and won again. Um, right now, the Wizards have won five straight. They just beat Milwaukee, but we've done this before. Coming to Milwaukee, beat them, beat them to death with a huge winning streak, and then we come back against them the next game, and they end our winning streak. They're, we're probably going to lose. They they had no Giannis the last game. They'll probably have him next game. We're probably going to lose. It was fun while it lasted. It's okay. But I'm enjoying this. Kuzma's doing his thing. Porzingis is doing his thing. Rui Hachimura is playing really well. Daniel Gafford's playing really well. And this is what Bill being out the last few games. He got hurt in the Sixers game. So Bill being in and out, we're still playing well. I I don't know how much I can take this Wizards roller coaster. Because in, in one stretch, it looked like we're going to be in the running for Victor Wamiana. And then in the next stretch, it looked like they're going to be a dark horse to be a sixth seed in the playoffs and get out of the first round. I can't take this roller coaster. It's ridiculous. It's, it's way too much. Maybe I should just sit back, go to some of these games, 
and then hopefully we make a play-in game. If the playoffs started today, we will be playing Atlanta in Atlanta for a play-in game, and I'm going to be real with you. We have the talent to beat Atlanta. However, I I don't want to bet against Ice Trader Gang and DeJounte. We probably lose that game. That'd be a tough game for me. My two favorite teams going against each other. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But I mean, you the last three years, the Wizards and the Hawks have been close together in the standings. And usually, well, one year the Hawks pulled away, ended up in fourth. Last year, the Hawks finished two spots ahead of us. So we're usually right there with each other. The Wizards are rolling and I love it. They got to keep it up. I mean, this is just rare that we get everyone playing well at the same time. And then we got Will Barton back. Might have some here. We might have some here. Uh, We'll see, though. Anyway, it is finally time for the hypothetical game of the episode. This hypothetical game of the episode is the third annual GOAT Level Bowl. The first year was Kansas versus Vanderbilt because of Sarah Fuller. Someone won 48 to 10. I think it was Vanderbilt. I don't remember. Those were the two worst teams in college football, arguably. Uh, The next year was the National Champions movie. Uh, national champions movie uh the game never got shown at the end of the movie which was whack so i made up something and i guess the main character's team lost yeah the main i had the main character's team losing so there you go anyway now the third annual now we're going historical with this once again so we're going historical with this 2004 Pittsburgh Panthers with Larry Fitzgerald, the Politnikoff winner, the Politnikoff winner, and second and Heisman finalist versus 2009 Nebraska, Prince of Mukamara, but the star is Indominus Sue. Indominus Sue won all type of awards. He was fourth in the Heisman voting. You know you like that when you're a D lineman and you're fourth in the Heisman voting. He had 12 sacks and led his team in tackles. So this is a this is a nice battle in Dominican Sue versus uh Larry Fitzgerald. Both end up having really good NFL careers. Of course, Larry Fitzgerald had the better NFL career. So hey, two legends facing off back in college. Here we go. So, 09 Nebraska wins the toss and defers. Pitts, Pitt gets the ball, and they go three and out. Nebraska drives from their own 21 to the 25 of Pittsburgh, but Alex Henry, future Eagle, misses the 42-yard field goal. Another Pitt three and out after that, and then the Pitt punt gets blocked. Nebraska returns it for five yards, but a critical holding penalty sets them back. 
but and Roy Halu catches a swing pass and shakes a linebacker and gains 12 yards. However, the drive stalls and they kick a field goal. Alex Henry gets it this time, three nothing Nebraska. So then Pitt goes down the field once again. I mean, they finally get something going on offense. And it is capped off by a Jawan Walker touchdown, 7-3 Pittsburgh. So right after the first quarter ended, Rex Burkhead takes a draw play for 39 yards to the house, untouched, 10-7 Nebraska. They only passed the ball one time on that drive. Then Brandon Myrie from Pittsburgh goes off tackle, bursts through the second level, and gets chased by the safety, but... Not after getting 63 yards. Jawan Walker on a draw play gets hit by Sue and he fumbles. And Nebraska recovers. What a big play by the Nebraska defense. However, that is wasted because Zach Lee throws an interception to William Tutu Ferguson. However, Pitt. Didn't take advantage, and they missed a 33-yard field goal. So Nebraska eventually does get that field goal, another field goal to go up 13-7. Okay, and then Pitt stalls again. However, Nebraska throws another pick to Tutu Ferguson. And that was Lee trying to connect with Niles Paul that time, but he could not, and Ferguson makes another athletic interception. Pitt finally takes advantage with a field goal. So it's 13-10 Nebraska. Right before the half ended, right before the half ended, Pitt finally got Larry Fitzgerald involved with a seven-yard hitch route, and then he comes back with a 24-yard dig route. However, their kicker misses a field goal. Nebraska makes them pay with another field goal of their own, and they go into the half 16-10. Actually, they went into the half 13-10. My bad. Went into the half 13-10. So, Pitt misses another field goal, still 16-10. And Nebraska added to their lead with another field goal, 16-10. And it stays 16-10 after three. So, Pitt, to start the fourth quarter, scores as Wilson catches a hitch route from Rutherford. He shook free of the defender, and he scored. So, 17-10 Pitt. Nebraska gets a field goal after both teams traded punts. But it gets interesting late in the game. Two minutes left. Second and 19. Pittsburgh has the ball. Rutherford overthrow Butches. Third down. Rutherford misses misses deep. He misses a deep comeback to Lee. Then on fourth down, looking for Fitzgerald. He's not there. Blitz is coming. So he looks off the defender, tries to get it to Lee, but he succumbs to the pressure and the pass is inaccurate turnover on downs so nebraska has the ball at their own 45 they toss it to halu and he gets 11 yards critical play for nebraska and pitt immediately calls a timeout so then halu gets two yards after that timeout pitt However, somehow, someway, Nebraska gets a delay of game and moves five yards back. How do you get a delay of game 
after a timeout. What? Insanity. Bo Pelini is losing his mind. He is turning red as a tomato. But the plays must go on. The show must go on. So once they gain their composure, Roy Hallou gains another two yard and Pitt takes their last timeout. Then Burkhead runs it for one yard and Pitt and um, Nebraska tries to run the clock. Fourth and 10, Pitt 44. They kick it off and then Pitt gets the ball at their own two. An amazing punt by Alex Henry. You can see why he made the NFL. Amazing punt by Alex Henry to pin them down at the two. Incredible. So now, 53 seconds to go, no timeout at the two. Huge. This is a huge monumental task for Pittsburgh against this defense. But let's see what they do. Here we go. Rutherford back to throw. Chased by Sue. And he's tackled at the line of scrimmage. Second down. So then, back to throw again. And he has to run out of bounds. No. Yeah, he runs out of bounds. And then, third and ten. He scrambles. Tries to find somebody open. He's sacked at the line of scrimmage. Sacked at the line of scrimmage. So now... 29 seconds to go. Fourth and 10. This is pretty much the ball game. Fourth and 10 at the Pittsburgh 2. Here we go. Rutherford back to throw. All out blitz coming. He throws it up to Larry Fitzgerald and he catches it. 18 yards over Prince Amukamar. First and 10 at the 20. No time really left. Can't The clock stopped temporarily because this is college. Clock stops on every first down. So clock stops temporarily. Right before they're ready to play, they hike the ball. And once again, Rutherford's back to throw, and he throws it deep to Fitzgerald, but it's picked off by Prince of Mukamar. He has the last laugh. He gets his revenge, and he runs it all the way back to the 21. And that's pretty much the game. They nil out the clock in 1917. 0-9 Nebraska wins the third annual GOAT Level Bowl. We're going to keep doing a hypothetical GOAT level bowl until there is a GOAT level bowl in real life. So you got three years with a hypothetical. Eventually, it's going to be a real life game. And hopefully, you join me at this real game when it happens. So, okay, some stats before I go away. Uh... Rod Rutherford from Pittsburgh, 14 for 26, 198 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Zach Lee, 21 for 38, 221 yards, three interceptions. Brandon Myrie from Pittsburgh, 23 carries, 224 yards, insane. Roy Hallou, 20 carries. 132 yards. Rex Burkhead, six carries, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Larry Fitzgerald, just four catches, 57 yards. Wow. And Dominican Sue, no sacks. But who knows how many tackles he had. Anyway, that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So you already know that I'm out. Peace.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.